You're listening to the Black Belt Podcast, and this is episode 21. Today's guest is Miles Price. Miles is a very well-known name in the Irish MMA scene. He's fought in all the big promotions in Europe, such as Bama, Cage Warriors, and most recently Bellator. Miles is probably most known for his grudge match with Peter Queeley, a fight in which he won and one we talk about in the show. He has also shared the cage with well-known names like UFC veteran Norman Park. Miles is trained in some top gyms around the world, like American Kickboxing Academy, known as the home to UFC champions like Khabib Nurmagomedov and Daniel Cormier. I felt this was a really good chat with someone who isn't all about the glitz and glamour and just really enjoys martial arts and competition. Like always, thanks to everyone who continues to share the podcast and I hope you continue to do so. So, let's get into it. So what's up, Miles? How are you? Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me on, bro. Thanks a million for coming on. Yeah, I we was just saying there, like the, all plans have been have been thrown off uh, with uh, with the coronavirus. Uh, no, do you think do you think you'll get a fight in at the end of the year? Uh, I'd like to get a fight at the end of the year. That was the plan originally, because uh, myself and my coach was talking about it. Uh, I was uh, I, I was I'm under new management as well, so I was uh, I was looking forward to kind of signing that contract and and starting out with fights. You know, what I mean, that was exciting news for me. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to fight at the end of the year. I think it's probably going to be next year, mid next year, I think, because, you know, by the time you kind of, it's all right to keep in shape and all that, you know, but you need to get quality spars in and no one's getting them at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do Would you, if the possibility came to maybe take a fight outside of Ireland, or maybe do a camp outside of Ireland, would you think about that maybe? Uh... I would, but I only really like. I'll be honest with you. I just uh, there's a real family and team thing with me in regards to um, my team here in Kilkenny, up in Dublin, and over in San Jose. So I kind of need to. I like to be part of either one of them. To be honest with you, if I was going to do any sort of camps. Yeah. But uh, so, how did you actually? How did you get started in uh, in martial arts? Um, I started off when I was I was working in a but in a butcher's when I was a young lad, and a fella came in. And he was hanging up posters for a local kickboxing show. And at the time, they were like big shows, like Tree Arena kind of job, like, you know what I mean, a big stadium. <laughs> in my hometown, they were a big deal anyway. And uh, I just started doing kickboxing from there on in. And uh, there was a lot of world champions in that gym at the time. Uh, absolutely run down, crappy gym. But <laughs> they would have great character, a lot of champions. So I, uh, I, I kind of went from there. And then we moved facility. Fella came in with dodgy set of ears uh, Polish wrestling champion so started messing around with him and went abroad to train in America in SBG Berkeley for a while and uh, came back had my first pro fight and it just kind of went on from there man I suppose yeah it's mad isn't it like can you see the you see the, all the big gyms but oftentimes like it's the humble beginnings like it's the small like you said not best facilities that sometimes the best champions come out of uh, they have the best of characters, yeah. Like, I love gyms like that, you know what I mean? I love gyms that are a little bit run down and a little bit... It's like a, the lovable, ugly dog, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's it... Um, would it have been, like, Wacko kickboxing or was it one of the other kind of federations, uh, associations? Wacko, Wacko, yeah. WKA and Wacko, yeah, at the time. Yeah. They were the two big ones, like, yeah. And that would have been all full contact fights, would they? Yeah, full contact back in the day, yeah. Yeah, so um, had you, had you, would you have done other sports apart from that even like before before you started fighting? Oh, I did hurling and stuff like that. Um, hurling is a 
this is like a it's like a big sport here in Kilkenny where I'm from so uh, it's just an Irish sport so I did that for a while but I was uh, I was a little had a little bit of an aggro problem when I was a teen so uh, I decided to uh, kind of hum- humble myself a bit by doing martial arts and it certainly does the trick anyway <laughs> does, doesn't it yeah is um so do you think you kind of came to the like into fighting quite late because like you know you see kids getting into martial arts like kickboxing i know even to taekwondo and that they're getting in at five six seven years of age do you think you kind of do you think you were a bit late coming uh, i think i think that, that depends on the person really you know what i mean i feel like it, it came at the right time for me you know what i mean and i feel like sometimes i see uh from my experience of being a coach it's actually quite hard to keep uh kids going like you know what i mean up from a very young age and to keep it going for the rest of their lives you know I feel like I started at the right age and uh, I don't want to come across biased because I started at that age. But I feel like when you're 15, 16, you're kind of looking for a path in life around then, you know what I mean? You're looking for purpose and, and what you're living for, you know what I mean? And, uh, and you know, you're going through kind of like hormones and shit like that. So uh, to give a little bit of purpose and to humble the soul with martial arts, I feel, is, is good for teenagers, you know? Yeah. I know myself, like I started, I started training Taekwondo at seven. And um, mm. like it, like that, it wasn't. I didn't take it seriously. Like still trained like two, even three times a week. But I was doing other sports, and that's what like sometimes they would take over, and they give, you know you might have to miss a day at taekwondo to go and play a match or something. But like that, it was only around mm. like fourteen, fifteen, and um, I started looking. Go right, I'm going to take this serious because I want to. Can I go and achieve something in that sport? So I think it is really only around that age where you can really fully commit to. It's kind of maybe only starts to get serious. Up to then, things tend to be maybe maybe just fun until they get to that age. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said about having a about having a playful mindset towards martial arts, and sometimes I feel like uh, me for one, I feel like I trained for years without a playful mindset. I was very serious, almost too serious towards martial arts. You have to play, you know what I mean? Like that's if you watch any of the ties, how they train and how they spar, you know they 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 don't wear any. Uh, they literally just have shorts on, and they're just if you ever watch Sanchai sparring yeah. or playing, like you know what I mean? Like it's just. They're literally almost in a fight, like, but they're so good at controlling how they connect with their shots and the intensity of how they connect with the shots that it's just such a, it's it's just, sparring is like just a load of crack for them, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not yeah. a serious thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I suppose then, like, they fight they fight nearly every weekend as well, so it's like you have to playful in the gym during the weekend and the fight at the weekend just kind of seems to be their, their philosophy. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like, exactly, yeah, that's it. But even I think is there something with their fights? They nearly like the first round. They don't fight for the first round and the last round. Pretty much, they kind of take those rounds off, and it's the the, the middle rounds where they kind of the fight is won. Yeah, it seems to be that case in regards to Thai boxing. Like, yeah, it's, uh, it's just the way. They, it's just the nature of the sport, really. Yeah, like even the crowd don't expect like the first round of much action to happen because they just right they'll take that off. They'll give it socks for the yeah. front, give it socks for the middle rounds. Take the last round off and we'll go again next week. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so, like, so the, it's kind of strange. I suppose it's strange. No, maybe it wasn't strange at the time that you you didn't you didn't have an amateur career, did you? No, I had an amateur kickboxing career, and then uh, I was pro in kickboxing from about sixteen to nineteen, and then I just decided to go full time into MMA. Then you know. Yeah. So, did you give it much? Did you give the grappling much time? to get it to adjust or did you just say uh, that's that's, fuck it and that's where a lot of my that's yeah that's where <laughs> a lot of my losses uh my my earlier part of my career came from i just didn't give a bollocks you know i just jumped in and 
fought and you know didn't really care about records or any of that shit at all so I was just a striker and I just wanted to knock someone out before they got me to the floor really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you not have seen it was were you maybe maybe not thinking of it as a career at that stage like you said like weren't worrying about a record it was kind of just the jumping in and being competitive being involved in it the was, sport it was just jumping in I just having the crack and being competitive that's exactly what it was you know I just I just really love the, the, the feel of competition I still do I love the challenge of competition as well still it's the same feeling like competition the, the how you deal with competition is what counts you know uh, I still love it uh, obviously there's different uh there's a little bit more mental energy that needs to be put into something like a fight in a big stadium as opposed to fighting in like a tournament-based competition or in like a small hall or something like that. But but the jitters are the same and the feelings are the same. Yeah. So like, were you were you working in the butchers long? Were you, were you trying to balance that that job with with training for long, or did you pack into the, that job for nah, soon after? I packed that in. Like, <laughs> I, love, I I never I never cared about the money. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah. I've always been like that. I live I, I live broke for years, and I just like look. I'm happy doing martial arts. Uh, I don't care if I make money at it or not. I just like doing what makes me happy. You know what I mean? And and eventually, I ended up making me money, and because I made a bit of a name for myself as a martial artist, really, and. Uh, started helping others through my coaching and personal training, and I was lucky enough to make a living out of it. So, yeah, that's that's. I think that's a common theme as well, isn't it? Between between guys, they, they it's not it's, you have to give you nearly give those years of being broke to, and then eventually the money you have to, might, might come. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can th- I can thank the government for that on the dole for a <laughs> <laughs> the government's payroll. Yeah, yeah, they looked after me. <laughs> uh, sure. It seems to be the thing at the moment with this coronavirus, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. Sort of like fucking hell. Everyone's in the same boat, aren't they? Yeah. So, but like you fought a lot of top promotions in, like most of the top promotions in Europe, you you've had a crack off of. Yeah, Cage Warriors, Bam, Bellator, name a few. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have a a, a preference like on which ones you preferred? I really enjoyed my time on Bama, actually. I love my fights on Bama, I have to say. I really enjoyed it. I think they treated me very, very well. Uh, never had... Uh, like, like, they always wanted to promote me as well. Uh, Jude was always very good with promoting me. Jude Samuel, you know what I mean? Uh, he was very, very good. He was always kind of fond of me as well, and I was fond of him, and we had a good relationship. And uh, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed my time on Bama the most, yeah. Yeah, I remember they they used to put on some good cards even in the, the three arena and stuff. I was a, I was at one myself and a couple, yeah, of, a, couple of, a couple of my buddies were at a, they were at a couple of cards up there as well. So and they were all they always seemed to be good nights. Very good nights, yeah, yeah. In fairness, like they had some fantastic cards, like great fights. Yeah, like I think the one I was at was the one where it was key for a fight. I think it was maybe the co-main and he got the big cut and there was a great atmosphere there, like for you know, like for a card like that. That was that was a bit wild. Don't mention his name on this podcast. No, <laughs> no worries. We get into it. We can, we can maybe we chat about that in a little bit. I only mess with always alone. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, so wait. So who did you start your MMA training with? Then were you straight away with? Uh, it's, it's Andy Ryan. You're kind of with now. Is it Team Rhino? Yeah, I started off. Just doing my own thing. To be honest, Jeff, making it up as I went with my friends, and uh, then I. Uh, John Kavanagh kind of uh, met into John Kavanagh. We got talking. Uh, ended up moving in with him. Uh, trained there for a good while. 
and then I left SVG and then I went over to train uh, with Andy Ryan. He was the natural choice for me straight after because they're they're the it's like they're the two biggest teams in Ireland. You know what I mean? It's Team yeah. Rhino and, and SVG, so it's it's one or the other really. Yeah. So then, and then as you said, you already you you went you went to uh, AKA. Was that was that kind of in between going between your time with John and Andy, or had you trained with Team Rhino already before you went to AKA? Oh yeah, I was training with the. Uh, it was it was after Norman Park fight because I got uh, I got uh, I got wrestle fucked for about three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I, I I I the striking fine. I was out striking Norman easily enough, you know what I mean. But his his wrestling's very good. Like he's good at what he does, you know what I mean. He's good at at uh, grinding out fights yeah. and grinding out wins. That's just what he's good at, you know what I mean. So. Uh, and it was the second time I lost to Norman as well, so it was a little bit kind of like, all right, right, I've had enough of this shit now. I'm going over and I'm going to go through an absolute bucket load of suffering over in a good wrestling camp in America, like you know. So, uh, and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to learn, and I did like so. Uh, that's kind of where that came from, you know, the idea to train. And it wasn't AK in particular. Uh, I first actually asked to train. I asked my teammate first about TriStar. And uh, I was like, oh, do you know, it's fucking freezing over there. I'm sick of the cold weather in Ireland, you know. Yeah. So I said, uh, I, I said, I go. I then I said, oh, what about Jackson Winks? I send a few emails there, and uh, I was like, oh, do you know, there's a lot of domestics going on in that gym at the moment. From what I've heard, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then I messaged fucking uh, that Henry fella, whatever his name is, Henry Huff from Tree Hard Knocks. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, no problem. Uh, that's it's two hundred and fifty dollars a week to train here. And I went, what? You're fucking joking me, aren't you? And I'm coming from fucking Ireland, you fucking tight ass bastard, you. I'm fucking pro fighter, you know what I mean? I'm not yeah, yeah. over there like as you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm over, I'm over there to to learn. And I don't mind paying me fees, of course I don't. Like you know what I mean? But there's taking the fucking piss as well. I was like, no way am I going there anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's like. No, I, I, that's Jeez, it. it's two fifty a week. This time I must think I'm a millionaire. I was, uh, I, uh, I went up to, um, and then I messaged AK. They were very polite, very straightforward. Uh, I loved the idea of the wrestler that was there with DC. I loved the fact that Javier Mendez was a world champion kickboxer previously. That's what I was all about. So I was like, I love kickboxing. That's where I come from. Uh, and obviously, I want to improve my wrestling. How can you get better than DC? You know. Yeah, and was would have was Khabib been around the gym as well at that time that you were there? Oh, Jesse was. Yeah, yeah, he was prepping for Connor sure that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As uh, as I suppose, kind of started a bit of beef. I suppose with the with the guys or. Ah, did yeah, a bit of healthy beef. Sure, look, what can you do? Yeah, it was uh, it was Luke Rockhold would have been there as well at that time. Would he? There's like stacked really, isn't Luke it? That was gym? there. It stacked, stacked, stacked gym, yeah, stacked gym. A lot of great characters, a lot of good friends there. I love the, love the team over there. You now, fantastic, fantastic group of guys. Yeah, well, even I said to improve the wrestling. Uh, like from what I hear, is they even have a lot of like Olympic level wrestlers that just come in and out of the gym for for some wrestling. So they do, of course. They have a load of it. They have and they and it's big circulation. Like I got to, I got to spar with Cedric Dumbay on the last couple of days there. You know what I mean? And that was. A, like there's so many guys coming in over there. Like to train with Cedric Dumbay is a huge thing for me because you know you're still if you're into the kickboxing scene. Like he's a huge name on the scene there. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, yeah. Even just to there's a there's a core group of guys, but there's a lot of guys that come in and come out all the time. So guys like that. So you're getting a lot of different fields as well as you're there. Uh, was 
did you enjoy the lifestyle over there the, the Cal- in California like you said the night the warm weather warm weather and training yeah I love it yeah I love the lifestyle over there it gets a little bit uh, what can I say it's a little bit superficial sometimes the whole lifestyle over there it's yeah. very big and broad and big supermarkets big bars like everything's big and better and and shiny and and then you but in the but if you look deep rooted in it there's a lot of poverty and stuff like that and there's something humbling about living out the country a little bit or living in living in Ireland you know what I mean where that's kind of it's not really the way it is there yeah. here you know mm-hmm. I, so I do love it out there don't get me wrong like every, each different country has their pros and cons but uh, for me a little bit yeah I can deal with a few months but uh, I'd miss home you know. Yeah, the, the, back to the Irish soil to humble you down a little bit, keep you on the ground. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> the Irish won't be long telling yeah. you what's up. Yeah, but the, I, I even find out there is nothing about like when you step off the plane at home and you get the first hit, hit of that fresh air. There's a, it's it's different to any place else. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Like, it's beautiful. Love it. Like even even when you come back from England, I find sometimes it's it's nearly there's just you just hit with a different uh, a different feel when you step off the plane. Yeah, different, different. It's just fresher, isn't it? Fresher air, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, um, did, did, when did you had you signed for Bellator already when you joined with, with AKA, or was that kind of was that after? Yeah, I signed. I signed. I signed with Bellator before I went over to AKA. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I was like, right, that's another reason why I'd like to go across here and really like step up my game a bit, you know. Yeah, how many fights did you sign up for with, with Bellator at the time? I I, I signed I signed for a four 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 fight contract for eighteen months. So, uh, haven't done many of them. I've only done the one. Yeah, yeah. Was it was there injuries? I know there was um there was a cancellation in there as well. Was there? Was it mostly injuries that has kept you out? A uh, couple, of, no, no, no. A uh, couple of uh, disagree disagreements. First off, with the with the matchups, uh, I was told to um. You know, like for me, it was a big, it was, there was a lot of marketing involved for me. I gave Bellator kind of like what any promotion would want, a lot of beef, a lot of traction with the with the fight with me and Peter. Um, kind of unintentionally, to be honest with you, because I was only speaking the truth, like, you know what I mean? And it was just a coincidence that I was over there. So I was like, oh, so, well, if we can get a bit of marketing out of this, this that's yeah. great. And I'm sure that makes Bellator happy. So, um, yeah, uh, I felt like I, I, I gave them a lot in regards to that. Peter didn't have to do anything really, only just to just kind of be Connor's training partner. You know what I mean? So uh, I felt like that um, after winning the co-main event and not getting an interview after and all that, I was like, okay, uh, I like I was I was full sure I had my hopes so, up, and I made the assumption. So it was my fault to make the assumption that politics weren't going to come into, involved with it, but uh, that I was going to get a good fight and be on the main card. You know what I mean? But you know, Jude. You know, rang me and like Jude's the Jude's a good guy. I do like Jude, but he's working for Bellator now, and they obviously are very well tied in with SVG and John Cavanaugh. Because even though I felt like I gave him a lot of value in that fight, they were the you know they wanted to put me down on the down on the prelims with my teammate Redzer, uh, give us give me a guy who was coming off a five six year layoff who was from SVG, who was also a very good fighter. I knew him. I trained with him for a while, and I was like hold on here, you know what I mean? How can I win a co-main event at Bellator and get disrespected by not getting an interview after the fight? And then 
on the next card you're giving me a lose-lose situation you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> I'm like so no I'm not doing it. and then I got desperate and I called out Kiefer online and he agreed and then I was like oh why did I do that because like at the end of the day Kiefer isn't on my level you know what I mean like he hasn't even fought on lightweight like he, he lost his last fight in my opinion you know and it's a win-win for him to fight me like I'm a much bigger name than he is like in regards to fighting status you know like and coming off a big win against his teammate Peter, like you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to give him that, like, because it's not about money and it's not about fame on Instagram and fucking social likes for me. It's about because I love to do it. I come from humble backgrounds, you know what I mean. So, like, uh, I do it for different reasons. So I'd rather not fight if you if if I feel if it doesn't sit well with me, like, you know what I mean. Especially when, you know, if I was coming off a loss, I fight. I definitely fight. But I'm not going to I'm not going to do that based on my principles. And the fact of the matter is, is that it didn't sit very well with me either that Peter was fighting like on the main card against the top ranked opponent in Ryan Scope. And I was being thrown down the prelims. It, it's not only disrespectful to me, it's not only disrespectful to the fact that I gave to a promotion a lot with that fight. Uh, and it's and it's disrespectful also to my to my team. You know what I mean? It really is, and to mixed martial artists in general. So I'm not going to stand for that. Like, it's that simple, you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I still have a good relationship with Bellator. Great, great promotion. I haven't really spoke to him, to be honest with you. But, like, I'm going to stand my ground on those types of things. And, uh, like, I fight Kiefer now is the thing because I haven't fought in a fucking year, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he did offer me a great fight, though, Jude. I will say that. He gave me a fantastic fight against Alfie Davies. That was a great fight. I was really looking forward to that. But unfortunately, my mom fell very, very ill and she had to move back in with me into my house. So I had to kind of care for her for a while and just look after her with her mental and her physical health. So I had to prioritize things there. Yeah, hopefully everything is, is some bit better there now. Um, yeah, it is, Jamie. Thanks. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was strange, all right, with the, with that, uh, with the bell talk card. Like that, just seeing Peter had lost like to yourself and then was like, fighting a... A highly ranked guy like Ryan, so high up the card, you would have thought he maybe he would have dropped back. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit, a bit, uh, a bit strange. All right, I think a lot of people. Are well, that's, that's, yeah, straight up politics. That's all that is, and I think everybody knows that too. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's obvious like like what was going on like in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you expect the beef to kind like of it, kick off the way it did when you first uh, met? Did you expect it all to kick off kind of the 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 beef? I suppose uh, the way. It did after you went went and trained in AKA and that kind of stuff, and you were been asked and you yeah, gave well, your, gave your opinion. Well, I, I wasn't I I wasn't focusing on it at the time, but when uh, my good friend Pedersi kind of uh, we were talking about it, you know what I mean, and I was like, geez, you know what? There's a great in- there is actually a bit of a great marketing and interview here, like you know what I mean. So mm. I love, yeah, sure. Look, I'll just speak my mind on it, and we'll see what happens, like and. Like, I knew that SBG lads, certain guys within the, you know, the the S, the, the Connor, the guys who were close to Connor, the, the, the kind of the clannish kind of guys, they're very much so uh, sensitive to anybody saying anything about Connor, you know what I mean, or, or anything like that. So I knew they get upset. You know, I hurt their egos a little bit by, by saying, by telling the truth. Um and I knew John wouldn't say anything. John's John's very cute, like you know what I mean. His butter wouldn't melt on on online and social media, so he wouldn't gonna say anything. But I knew I hurt the lads already, and I knew the keyboard warriors would be here too. 
<laughs> yeah, so like you said, though, it's what it's what it needed. It definitely uh, like it, it made for a good watch. It um, it got mm. to, it, Aye, yeah, it's good. It got some good traction, and it, it had me excited. It had me excited for the fight. Um, it was good. The like the and there was a savage atmosphere that night in the tree arena as well. Oh Jesus Christ! It's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. It was the best night ever to come out of Ireland. I would have to say that in the UFC fight night. Yeah. Yeah. The, I know. Obviously, you were. I think you would have been already. Were you already in the cage when Peter? Because like, Peter obviously had a great, yeah, a savage walkout. Were you already in the cage at that point? I can't fully remember. I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. How did, did did you kind of soak that in, or were you kind of more focused on? Um, I know it was for the other guy, like, but uh, did you take any notice of the crowd and the atmosphere? Did you kind of were you more focused on the uh, job? I, um, uh, years ago that would have affected me and I would have been focusing on the crowd and the magnitude of the event but I'm all tunnel, tunnel vision now when I get into the cage you know I'm only focused on what I'm going to do and that's it you know yeah because was there some good satisfaction after getting the win because I think like after the initial kind of interview you did I think it was mostly Peter was doing most of the talking and um, and, and you were kind of more, maybe seemed more focused on the fight um, so there was a bit of satisfaction then when you got to win that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Peter was doing a lot of talking, but, but Peter, is, Peter is like you know. I I knew I beat Peter. Like you know what I mean? There's, uh, there's. I just I'm a terrible matchup for him, and I knew he was going to get emotionally invested into the into the night as well. Like you know what I mean? Because ah, he just was. I understand the type of fighter he is. Like anyone that's in that little circle is emotionally a little bit on edge you know what I mean so you can't bring emotions into a, into a fight and they'll they'll last for a while they'll look after you for a while and they'll they'll get you to where you need to for a certain amount of time but in the long run they'll catch up and they'll bite you in the hole like they, caught, they bit him in the hole that night they'll bite <laughs> Kiefer in the hole too and they'll bite James James Gallagher in the arse as well yeah and do you do you think the kind of politics has kind of come into the type of fights you're kind of seeing on, um, on the Bellator cards I think like like that, I'd like to for me as a as a fan, I'd like to see these guys like James Gallagher and that stepping up maybe against some higher opposition. Do you think it's kind of politics that it comes to Ireland and maybe the opponents aren't, aren't at the level? Of course, of course. Like it's everybody knows, right? If if you don't understand, if you can't see that they're getting handpicked fights, then you're not a real mixed martial arts uh, fan. You don't know the the ins and outs of martial arts. It's, you can't see that they're getting handed because the second they fight anyone half decent, they look average or they just lose. You know, simple. Like that's it. Like Peter was even very lucky to beat. It was a fantastic comeback. Now it was a great fight. Fair play to him. He showed serious fucking heart, and it was a great, great stoppage. But he was lucky to get it. Yeah, yeah. It was a that 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 choke was in tight there for a while. <laughs> yes, he was getting he was getting bet up bad. But... And do you think it's any then surprise? Like you said, John is obviously maybe close to the guys uh, who are doing the matchmaking in Bellator. Do you think it then maybe it's any, it's not a surprise that, that there hasn't been there hasn't been many guys from that gym to make a push for the UFC? They've more so gone to Bellator. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they need to. I think they're getting paid. I think they're getting paid better than what they would in the UFC. But do you think that's the? Do you think that's the only reason? Like. I think maybe at this, a couple of years ago there was the maybe the push of the and the the allure of having a UFC champion in the gym and guy, UFC champions in the gym. Do you think that's maybe that's gone and they're, ha- they're happy to maybe that's, push and go for that? It's just, gone now. That yeah, 
that's gone. People don't care about that anymore, you know what I mean? People care. At the end of the day, if I had to choose between Bellator and the UFC, I'd probably pick Bellator, you know? If I had to pick, like, at the end of the day, like, at the end of the day, you fight for the love of it, of course. Like, if the UFC came, if the UFC did come to me and they said, look, you want to fight? Of course I'd fight for them. Just to say that I fought in the UFC, that's great. But if you were looking at it from a, a money point of view, Bellator much better. Yeah. Would you say, but even would you say that even for maybe younger guys coming through, like would say if you're just starting off, would you say take but take the the Bellator money even early, or maybe take on maybe I don't know a promotion like Cage Warriors or like maybe uh, maybe something like Bam at the time, take maybe a little bit less money to in the end push for the UFC. Oh, of course, you have to do it for the love of you have to do it for the love of the sport. For me, I was always content for whoever came knocking first between Bellator and UFC. I was I see them very much so on the same, you know, the same wavelength. Like you know what I mean. So for me anyway, I feel like I was happy with Bellator. You know what I mean. I was like, look, I'm delighted to fight on a promotion at this level. And um, yeah, I was very content with that. Like you know what I mean. Yeah, you've been. You've also been a bit, like you said, like with Alfie Davis. There's been a little bit of. You've been unlucky with kind of pullouts because um, am I right that you had like a fight scheduled with like likes of Reese McKee and a couple of other guys at that level? Like, I uh, did. I Pedro, had a. I, I, had, I had a very. Uh, I had a very. I had a very unfortunate rib injury coming up to that. Like you know, I was sparring up in my good friends Jim, Mark Casserly's, and they had some guys from Lionheart down there uh, at the time uh, sparring, and you know you when. Like, they were fighting on Cage Kings in, like, two weeks' time. And this lad, he was, like, you know... Uh, sorry there. One sec. Sorry. Uh, there's this guy that was... Uh, there was this guy that was... Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. He was, uh, he was like, fighting in two weeks. He had a very good toy boxing record. Fucking way heavier than me I was well out of shape like I was a tubby tubby at the time you know what I mean I was well out of shape and he absolutely went to town on me in the sparring you know what I mean and he fucked up my ribs like you know what I mean trying to it's just his ego was getting in the way like and he fucked me up no knee pads like you know what I mean like if you need anyone without any knee pads it's an AKA you get you get absolutely out of it like you know what yeah. I mean so I was a little bit annoyed about that but I had to let it go with the nature of the game and I missed the opportunity of that fight like I was I actually have way less injuries now than what I did a couple of years ago. I'm a lot better at maintaining it. Like, the responsibilities on me, too. I shouldn't have gotten into a fire fight with him. And uh, I'm a lot better at maintaining my injuries now as well. So I don't get injured at all, really, anymore. Yeah. Well, like that, you might get Reese McKee. And I think as well, like, you had, like, that fight was a fight with Pedro Carvalho fight fell through as well. Uh, he, he he pulled out with that. Like, Reese now, I would have loved to have fought Reese that night. I'd still love to fight Reese. Reese is a great fighter, but I think I had his number that night. But I wouldn't have liked to, in a way, I wouldn't have liked to fuck Keith that night, Keith or, or Reese that night, because he was sick, and you could see that he wasn't 100% himself. He looked fucked in that fight, fucked. And I wouldn't have fought the best Reese McKee that night. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's like that. And the Pedro, and oh, sorry, the Pedro fight he pulled out, Pedro pulled out because he got signed to Bellator. That's why I fought Phil Rayburn instead. All ah, right, I like that. There was kind of like maybe kind of there was a three fights in a row that kind of look back to where maybe would have been big big fights in uh, especially amongst the Irish kind of the Irish MMA scene. 
Yeah, that's it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So, like, like you said, is the the plan is maybe to stick with to stick with Bellator for at past maybe your contract? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. Look, I, I'll be honest with you. I feel like the only way Bellator are probably going to give me a fight now, like a decent fight, is if I fight somebody from SBG and there's a bit of beef behind it. Yeah. So and that's the only. That's it. And that's and that's just straight up. That's the way it's going to be. Like, but it does come down to my manager as well, what he thinks is best for me and my coach and so. I suppose you feel you're kind of in the situation of it's it's going to have to baby be not an ideal fight in the next one just to get back in there. I'd I'd fight I'd fight Keith for him in next fight. I would like I fight him like and I and I feel like it would be a great fight too. I I don't think I don't think he's going to I think he's going to be tough for the first round. I think Kiefer is very dangerous and I think he's a good fighter. And uh, like anything can happen in the cage, but like from my point of view, like I feel like he's probably going to get emotionally invested. He's probably going to feel the weight cut because I'm a big lightweight, like you know what I mean, and. In regards to wrestling and grappling, like I mean, he's in trouble there. Like I know that for sure. I mean, <laughs> he's not—he's not gone to the places I have in regards to grappling and wrestling and stuff like that. Like you know, like he would want to knock me clean out to fucking to, to win that fight. Like I know that. Yeah, I suppose that the, when you when maybe when you've had DC sitting on you, it's not the same. It's a. When you have somebody the same size as you, it's a it's a different ball game. Then I I have <laughs> I have been in some horrible situations for <laughs> AK, so yeah. you ain't you ain't throwing in at me that I haven't seen before. I know that. So like, but outside of COVID nineteen, what, what does a what does a training schedule look like look like for you in terms of strength and conditioning sessions to MMA sessions and that? Uh, well, I'm not doing any MMA sections really. I, I do a little bit of uh, maybe wrestling, stance and motion. Might we do some bag work? Uh, but a lot of it, a lot of what I do with you, answer you, I auto regulate quite a lot. Like you know what I mean? I think relationship. I think scheduling is something you should only do in a camp. Like you know what I mean? Like I think the scheduling can be very stressful, and I feel like that it's um, it's it's not really good for building a healthy relationship with training. You know what I mean? So when I get up in the day, I go by how I feel, what mood I'm in, and what my body is feeling like, you know. But generally, my day would revolve around a run and some strength and conditioning. Like, but the strength and conditioning isn't like, you know, it's obviously sports performance based. You know, I do a lot of like uh, heavy stuff, the plyometric stuff, uh, tie it in with unconventional training like kettlebells and some conditioning and isometric stuff. You know what I mean? And I do between three, three to five k most days. You know what I mean. So that's that's a great. Like I love running. Like running is great mentally for me. Like you know what I mean. I feel like it builds up a lot of mental resilience. I don't. I feel like if they're not running, there's a big difference between me when I run for a fight and when I don't. You know. Yeah. Have you somebody who looks after your strength conditioners at all? You kind of like you said, you take care of it yourself and. I uh, know. I have a I have a strength conditioning coach, uh, KD Sports and performance uh, at a KD athletic performance Killian Doyle is a very good strength conditioning coach so he looks after me the same way I look after my clients I'm a personal trainer as well and obviously I'm a coach so uh, I feel like that um, it's not really that I can't do it obviously I have the information to, to do it but I like giving that energy to, for somebody else to, to when I'm in a camp because I have enough to think about you know what I mean so when they kind of take the load of the responsibility of what structure I should have for a camp, 
then I all I got to do is turn up and do what they tell me, you know, which is a, which is to, takes away a lot of stress. Like. Yeah, even when you're, I suppose, when you're programming, for, if you program for yourself and stuff, you can nearly be second guessing. Whereas if it's somebody else has told you, this is what you're to do, it can be much easier to go, right, Grant, that's what I'll do. Exactly, yeah. Builds a lot of confidence. And do you have somebody then who maybe looks after your nutrition? As you mentioned earlier, you're a big lightweight. He looks after my nutrition as well. He's also my nutritionist. All right, so that's... So that's handy. He's, handy he's, yeah, he, yeah he's, he works... He's a George Lockhart nutritionist. He works oh. under those guys, so... Okay, yeah. So uh, that's coming from a, a good accreditation there, so... 100% yeah there's quite a few guys in Ireland with that kind of, that kind of seem to be going that route don't they with the, the George Lockhart whatever I'm not sure what he calls well, it oh well yeah yeah well the uh, sure Connor Connor had him as a nutritionist in there so they kind of everybody kind of went down that route then so so did my strength and conditioning coach which is great you know what I mean sure. He's a, he, is a, he is a decorated uh, nutritionist for sports performance so why wouldn't you go to him you know yeah so then in terms of like you're coaching, uh, wait, have you all, have you been coaching for long, or is that something you've only kind of taken oh, for the last couple of years? Or no, 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 I've been coaching since I started martial arts. Like you know, what I mean? pretty much like you know, because look, it's just one of those things that I kind of had to help people along the way with what I was doing. You know what I mean? Because everybody, everybody. Well, nobody really knew what they were doing from the very start. So like everybody helped each other out. So in a way by helping each other out we were coaching each other along the way and sure then it just nobody else teaches martial arts where I'm from you know what I mean not to the level I'm at anyway you know what I mean or to do you know what I mean to, or have the contacts that I have like you know what I mean so like it, of course I have to be here for any local young lads that want to do martial arts like you know what I mean and, uh, that's what the game is all about for me you know what I mean yeah I love competing but I don't do it for selfish reasons I do it to inspire other people and to care for other people too so and uh have you found a different a different buzz from from coaching fighters to stepping in yourself and getting a win yourself? Uh, I enjoy I enjoy getting the win. I'm not going to lie, you. I do enjoy getting the win. But I think I get a better buzz from my 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 students doing well. To be honest with you, you know, and that's just my characteristics as well. You know what I mean? Like I don't. It's very short lived a win for me you know what I mean like uh, obviously on the night and you're fucking out partying in the weekend it's great you know what I mean but after that you're like ah oh, you know what it's a lot more fulfilling to give to others and to support them along their way all the time so yeah and it's as a it, I coach taekwondo myself and it's it's harder when you, when you can't it's not like it's not like playing the playstation where you can press the button and they'll throw the technique that you're that you want them to throw it's you know you have to put in the preparation and build like you said build the skills into them and then give them the knowledge to be able to to pull out their the right shots at the right time and you kind of have to take the back exactly. seat you have to take the back seat then and so that adds a different i think a different fulfillment then you, you do yeah yeah you're happy for others you're just happy for other people like you know what i mean they're a product of your coaching like you know what i mean and they're and whether they win or lose has ultimately an effect on you too you know yeah so, and is is the gym that you're kind of is that a, is that an mma gym or is it mostly kickboxing or are you uh, oh no, it's it's uh, mainly MMA and BJJ. I I come from a kickboxing background, and I have uh, I have good kickboxing prospects. Like uh, like most young lads to come to me would be striking based, trying to get people uh, to do the wrestling and BJJ. Like uh, it's a harder route when you come into it from striking. You know what I mean? 
it's uh, like I'd much rather if see this isn't going to be the way for a long time unless you're from America or Russia but like, like I'd rather young lads come from a BJJ or I'd rather them come from a wrestling base if I was being completely honest with you if they came from a wrestling base they'd be fucking sorted for MMA you know yeah. but it is more difficult to teach uh, you know what I mean strikers to be grapplers you know it's hard yeah it seems to like you know I just like the UFC and uh, you look across a lot of the champions it's wrestling wrestlers who have a bit of boxing and it, you can get quite yeah. far yeah well sure look a pure example of that was Connor versus Habib you know what I mean it's yeah. Connor's an amazing striker and I still think he's the only one that can be Habib but uh, I just think that I just think that the wrestling's going to get get him no matter what you know yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't fancy Tony's chances against Khabib no no I think it's going to be uh I think it's going to be the toughest fight Habib ever had, but uh, the fundamental base of Habib is is always going to outlive and outlast an unorthodox uh, kind of, in a sense, made up style from Tony. Like you know what I mean? Someone that's like his style. Like the reason why he wins fights is because he's tough and he's unorthodox. But the fact of the matter is, is that you know there's no real structure to that. Like you can't beat fundamentals. Like, you know what I mean? It's that simple, you know what I mean? Like, no matter how fancy you are, if you don't have, like, solid fundamentals, you're fucked. And I feel like that Habib's fundamentals compared to Tony's unorthodox style, Habib's going to win every day. Okay, I suppose you've had a chance to experience those fundamentals then as well, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, who do, you, who do you think for the weekend with uh, Tony and uh, Justin Gaethje then? Is that this weekend, is it? Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Fuck off, is it? <laughs> yeah. It's just Jesus Christ, man. I I don't be uh, I, I, I I'm really I don't I don't really follow martial arts you see, like I was being honest with you, you know what I mean? I'm terrible with keeping in the loop with all that type of stuff, like so. Uh fucking hell, that's interesting. Uh oh. ah, if I had to say I'd say fucking Tony, to be honest. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's I was meant to train. I was meant. I was meant to train with fucking Justin Gaethje as well. To be honest with you, uh, my manager rang me while I was over in AK. He invited me to go over and train with because uh, I was training with him. Um, I was training with uh, a couple of like Aaron P- Pico. You know what I mean? There for when we were in AK, and my manager manages him too. And he and he went over to Las Vegas. He said, "Oh, do you want to come to?" Train with Justin Gaethje and uh, Justin Gaethje and Frankie Edgar. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I wish I'm going home tomorrow, you fucker. He was yeah. going to pay for me flights and a whole lot. I was like, oh my God, if I had the money, I'd fucking rebook me flights and go back another week. But it was literally, I was going home the next day. Like, you know what I mean? So I would have loved to train with Gaethje. That would have been with uh, Mark Henry, was it? With Frank Edgar? Uh, Mark Henry's. Uh, no, no, it was just, it was just, uh, my manager had all his fighters going to, going to, uh, just train in Vegas is okay. kind of like just to get together, like, you know what I mean? All right, okay. Yeah. So you, you, you've had quite some, ex- you've had some experiences training, um, around some different places and training with some different people. I have, yeah. Do you think that's, I have. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's, uh, do you think that's benefited as opposed to maybe somebody who just has been with the same gym all the time? Do you think it's helped you that you've got some different experiences, input from different coaches, different fighters? Uh, I think I think that it gives you a lot of perspective, and I love uh, meeting new people and and 
uh, expressing my martial arts with different people. You know what I mean? I think that's a, that has a lot to say for for uh, growing as a person and as a martial artist. You know, I don't really like. I, I think there's insecurity. Like you have to have confidence in your team, but there's also insecurities based around training with the same team all the time. You know, you have to you have to either get people in that are different spars or you have to go out and find different spars. You know what I mean? And then you have to almost bring it back to where you're loyal to. You know, I, I, that's my firm belief. I've always been a bit like that. Some people agree to it. Some people don't. But that's my belief. You know? Yeah, I would uh, I would agree that you had to, like you said, you have the, the, the core group, the people that maybe you'll do most of the serious training with when you're maybe in a camp or you're preparing for uh, an event. But outside of that, then it's no harm to go and get some influences from from other people and no. and different places that you. And can it builds big, it builds big builds big confidence as well. You know what I mean? Like I mean, like I train in AK and then I come back to Team Rhino and I'm still getting me blade and arse kicked. Like, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> yeah. It just go, it just comes to show that like you know you have like look that's where we're fucking at like you know. Yeah, I suppose then it shows as like like you said that uh that maybe the gym you're in that like the grass isn't always greener that you know that there's some of the training you're you're getting here at home. It can be just as good as uh, the training you're getting abroad. Just maybe it's exactly. a bit, just maybe it's a di- it's a different vibe, but it's not any it's not any less quality. One hundred percent. Yeah, and um, it, have have you found since since switching, like you said, mostly your BJJ? Have did you has your love maybe changed from from stand up to more grappling based? Did did you? Yeah, yeah. I still love striking. I still love striking. You know. Well, if I had to pick my, oh, jeez, man, I don't know what my favorite is. If I had to say what my favorite, I would probably be jujitsu. Probably be jujitsu. Was being honest with you. Like I love jujitsu, because I feel like it's so broad as well. You know, like it, like, like anyone can do jujitsu and it can change their life. And I feel like that it's so complex that you have to be so knowledgeable in regards to problem solving. And you can really mold yourself into a certain jiu-jitsu fighter, you know what I mean? Same as you would for an MMA fighter, you know what I mean? Stand up or wrestling. But for me, I love jiu-jitsu, you know. Uh, would you train mostly in the gi or, or without the gi? Uh, I, I went through a phase years ago where I was just like all gi. Now I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I love training the gi, love it. But I'm a no gi guy at heart, really. Like. Yeah. And are you, are, you, are you hoping to go through as... Like going through the belts, something that's a goal of yours, or are you just focused on as long as you're just, like more so MMA based? Or ah uh, no, I I I, uh, I I I don't really care about belt grades. Like I'm a brown belt now, you know what I mean. But uh, like I've been training in jiu-jitsu since I was fucking sixteen. Like I I I roll against black belts all the time. Like you know what I mean. I don't compare myself from brown belt to black belt. I just see a person and I'm going to attack that person <laughs> and I'm going to figure them out. I'm gonna figure them out, like you know what I mean. If I if I look at that per like when I was like a white belt and blue belt, I tapped out a black belt a few couple of times, a couple of times. You know what I mean? It's like like I know like it's, it doesn't come down to as GSP would say, there's black belts and then there's black belts. You know what I mean? There's you can't look at a belt and and connect the person with that belt. You know what I mean? You have to just see them as a different problem to solve, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's a very it's a very good approach to have um i think especially like other martial arts that even with other things people see that 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 person's a black belt but then they're suddenly an expert on on everything 
it's like even outside of sometimes even can be even outside of martial arts they're suddenly an expert because yeah you know, it's that kind yeah. of thing it's, it's it's ridiculous like you know like yeah. people there's no permanent state that somebody is in like you know what i mean i mean like there's stages where i i could be performing like a black belt world champion and then there's there's some days where i could be a fucking white belt in the gym you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah do, do you think though maybe at some stage it would be nice to have as a coach to maybe just you know be maybe be have the black belt in jiu-jitsu um yeah would be yeah would be nice yeah maybe just not a maybe not at the forefront um I was kind of planning to, to ask you like some of the picks for the fights but uh, you said you don't follow so I don't know like uh, would you still have an opinion go on I'll, I'll, I would yeah go on go on uh, if so for Cejudo and Cruz who would you pick Cejudo and Cruz oh fuck me Jeez, that's a good fight isn't it uh, Cruz Cruz uh, he always seems to come out and fucking pulls out a fucker out of the bag every now and again doesn't he yeah, and I, I think Henry Henry's a little bit. I don't know if, if he's putting it on, but he could be getting a bit big for his boots. I don't think I think he could definitely be Cruz, but I think that this whole triple G thing and or triple fucking gold shit, like yeah, I yeah. feel like I don't know if it's gone to his head or it's something that he's put on. You know, I don't know, but it, that could have an effect on the fight. But I'll just say Cruz for a crack. Yeah, I hope Cruz wins, but I think Sahud will win. So <laughs> hopefully it's Cruz. Okay. Uh, and uh, okay. Cow- Cowboy and Pettis. Oh, are they fighting, are they? Yeah, they're only on the prelims. Uh, I think, I think, uh, oh man, do you know, I think Cowboy, I think he does well in rematches. Yeah. Um... But it depends, you see, the two of them, the two of them tend to mentally break and fight sometimes, you know what I mean? So, yeah. It, uh, it depends yeah. who who starts the fastest really look. if Pettis starts fast Cerrone's fucked yeah it's a, they're both up and down guys aren't they it's like... I say I'll put my money on Cerrone on Cerrone and um, maybe just before we finish if you, if you had to pick a favourite fighter a favourite fighter to watch who would you pick oh Jesus fuck GSP. Yeah. Would you consider him the greatest of all time? Yeah. I think that, I think that, um, he's just so tactically beautiful to watch, you know what I mean? And he is the, for me, I, I don't really like, like putting people on pedestals. Uh, I like kind of just seeing them for what they are uh, and not kind of like being honest, having an honest approach towards people as opposed to seeing their credentials and that. But I can't help but be impressed not only at his credentials, how it, but how he also approaches fight, a fight, and how he's made himself uh, uh, a legend in the sport by being one of the most humblest people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, from what I can tell, he's extremely humble. He's a great guy, and he's just uh, he's like he's like Wonder Stephen Thompson, Wonder Boy Thompson. He's just he teaches kids on a regular basis. He's a pure martial artist. He's all like being nice to his opponents, just being a super nice guy. Like that's to me is what martial arts is all about. You know what I mean? Like this whole shit of going around abusing people. Like I just don't like I just don't understand it. Like no, I don't understand because you have no idea how many people you're influencing by being like that. Like you know what I mean? It's it's inter- it's entertaining in a Kardashian way, but 
Like I don't, <laughs> I I don't I don't agree with it at all. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why that's one of the main reasons why I really like I really like GSP. Yeah, uh, he li- he lives the life. And do you think yeah. do you think some of that kind of maybe beef that kind of like that the the over and back the the shit talking is is maybe what gives can give the sport a bad name? And you, yeah, hundred percent. You end up seeing guys I, then like I don't even. Like Joe Brawley, right? I don't even care. Go on. Sorry, go on. You just no, see, no, no, you go on. You're talking. You just see guys like, uh, you see guys like Joe Brawley and that, like, writes articles in his column and stuff about how it's human cockfighting and all this sort of stuff. And it kind of, it nearly only gives it a very, a very narrow picture. It only paints a very narrow picture of really what the sport is. And that really the sport is mostly filled with, you know, like that people, highly respectable people and respectful people. I think that it's a lot. Look, at the end of the day, you're always going to get egotistical guys that love smack talk in every fucking sport, every sport. And unfortunately, we're in a sport where if you have guys like that, which is obviously natural, we're in a game of fighting here, that it's going to particularly shine a bad light on us because it's fighting. You know what I mean? So you you come across like if you don't if if we don't all stick together in being pure martial artists and taking the longer route and taking taking you know the harder fights and building yourself up the ranks but being nice along the way then i i feel like that it's it would ruin the sport like very very quickly to to be the let's fast track this and let's get people emotionally invested by being assholes you know what i mean and saying whatever the fuck you need to say to, to to get the money and get the fights and get the likes. I think like that's going to shine such a bad light on the sport. I think it's completely unnecessary. But I also agree with the fact that it's part of the sport also now. And it's not going to change. But it doesn't mean that I have to be happy about it. And uh, if, I had to, if I had to say if there is a right way to build a fight, uh, I'm not being biased here because it was me. But I'd say... Uh, it's probably the way I did it <laughs> because I, I was just honest about my situation. I was honest about what was going on. Uh, and that in turn upset a couple of people. And it so happened to upset people that are like well-marketed guys, you know what I mean? Because they're tied in with Connor. So like that was a win-win for me. I didn't get, I didn't break any principles of mine. I didn't give away any of myself. But I also got a big marketing fight, like great. Yeah, like that, like you said, yeah. It's, I think it's better for the for the sport and there, and all martial arts if like that if, it, if there is that respectful element to it and it doesn't need to be the shit talk because because you don't see no. it, like that you don't see I actually you don't see it in the, the maybe the the ones that aren't mainstream like the it's kind of because it's the business side and it's a it's the money side that's where you see it like outside of that just if you just go a little bit deeper than that or behind that. You don't see that in 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 sports or in or in the sport or in other martial arts. No, you don't. And I'll be honest with you. Every time you do that, it it takes away a little bit of who you are. You know what I mean? Like I I like I've I've been guilty of that before, where I might say something out of character, like go oh fuck you and push him or you know what I mean. And afterwards, I'm like. Do you know what, man? That's just draining me so much just after doing that. Like, that's not me. What am I doing that shit for? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, it takes something out of you when you do that. You know what I mean? It does. Look, like, yeah. like that. it's a sign of your character. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Like, you might fast track to the bigger fights. 
you might get the publicity, you might get the money, but at the end of the day, the two biggest questions in life you have to ask yourself is, do you want to be somebody or do you want to do something? If you want to be somebody, you're probably going to not make a lot of friends, but you're going to make a lot of money. If you want to do something, you're going to keep your principles, you're going to keep your friends, and you're going to stay who you are, true to yourself. I actually think that that might be a good place to, to, to wrap it up, actually. I, uh, I totally agree. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd say uh, thanks a million for coming on. I uh, really enjoyed the chat. Really enjoyed it too, Jamie. Thanks. Yeah, like that. And uh, hopefully like we'll get back to properly training. You'll get some fights in. And uh, that's it. We'll be all back to normal soon. So thanks a million for coming on. 100%. 100%, bro. Thanks for having me. All the best. All the best, dude.